We, we could launch in with uh, me having Derek up against the wall. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> without, that. without context, that's going to sound even worse, which means that, that is the best possible starting point. <laughs> exactly, that's why I suggested it. <laughs> so welcome to episode 9, guys, of Game Explain Real Talk, and yeah, let's go into what we've been up to since uh, over this past week. Anyone have anything interesting they've been doing at all? Well, um, I've been kind of holding down the fort because somebody decided to go on a little trip uh, because of the last uh, run-through, or I guess uh, last instance of the Mad Tea Party at Disneyland. So I've been on my own all week. Little well, trip? Nothing little about the Mad Tea Party, Derek. <laughs> that is true. There, This is a major event. But yeah, I mean, I, I, got, I went to another wedding. That was fun. This is interesting. Are you like my friend Gadge has like weddings every weekend now that he's going to? Thankfully not. That should be the last one until <laughs> the summer. Thank God. That's a sign that you're getting old, by the way. When you start having weddings to go to every week, that's a sign that you're officially getting old. Yeah, all my friends are getting uh, married, and meanwhile I'm still single, so yeah. <laughs> There's just no one out there good enough for you, Derek. That's true. That's the problem. It's not you, it's them. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. But no, it was a fun time at the wedding, and then, you know, came back into the swing of things and you know experienced whatever the DK but it was mostly... swing of things kind of because you played that Mario Donkey no. Kong oh yeah <laughs> reaching kind about that the mini <laughs> the mini Mario and friends yeah. which boy is that a worthwhile game oh god yeah it's, um, I mean it's it's mini more it's it's Minis on the move. It's it's exactly what you expect. Yeah. It's not worth it. It's Mario versus DK like twenty five, but with new characters now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretty much. I well, what's not to love about that? I don't get it. While Andre was at the uh, mad the final Mad Tea Party, I was at uh, Uncovered Final Fantasy fifteen as a VIP, which is pretty cool. Literally um, the I, same night. The same night, and and this might be the unpopular opinion, but I, I would much rather have gone to the Final Fantasy event. I'm not like the biggest Disney fan, so I was actually quite happy to be uh, you know at the event. Um, I, I had a lot of fun. My wife and I both were invited as VIPs. That was super cool. They got really good seats. Um, you know, it was a really well-run event, and I got to live-tweet the whole thing. Um, it was just, you know, even though it was actually, you know, Square Enix's Twitter account would, would have had to pay lip service to the leak anyway, and they could have easily said, well, you know, even if you had the news spoiled for you by GameSpot, watch anyway, because there are plenty of surprises, and they would have had to say that in either case. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they were actually telling the truth. Like, there really were a lot of surprises that mm-hmm. were not covered in the leak that morning uh, by GameSpot, so... A lot of cool surprises, and it was cool to be there uh, at the front row for all of them. And uh, other than that, I've just been kind of slowly chipping away at uh, Twilight Princess HD still, um, getting ready to review Bravely Second. Um, really? Yeah, I, I got to kind of get that footage for you so I can send it out to you. So Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I've just been kind of going over a story recap on YouTube of the original Bravely Default just to kind of prepare myself again for Bravely Second. Um, I've kind of been slowly chipping away at Earthbound on 3DS just because I like the novelty of playing Earthbound on my 3DS, my new 3DS. Um, and that's really it. I've been otherwise just been kind of uh, working. Oh, it sounds like you've been pretty busy, actually. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I'm actually really jealous. It's like I've been playing this game for fun. I've been playing this game for fun. Well, I I'm said like... chipping away. Now, no, when I, when I mean say chipping away, I mean that I'm only in like Tucson in Earthbound. And, and, and Twilight Princess, I mean, what? That game came out a month ago, and I'm only now at... I just finished the Temple of Time, so you know it's taken me more than a month to get. Oh through yeah, well, just sixty like percent of the with, game. Just like with me with Ace Attorney, how long ago did I? That's say true. Which case yeah. four. I have not touched Ace Attorney ever since that. Which speaking God. of that, real quick, uh, the anime actually premieres this weekend. Oh so right, I can actually check that out, and hopefully that'll be good. 
That reminds me, my wife and I have been working on Apollo Justice. We played the entire series together, and we've been working on Apollo Justice for like the last two years, and we're at the last case, and we still haven't finished Apollo Justice, just because he's Apollo himself is so much less interesting than Phoenix, mm-hmm. and it's just like, we like it, but not, we, we almost at this point view it as kind of a means to an end just to get to Dual Destinies and then Six, so mm-hmm. we're trying to we're trying to finish it, but we've been we've been working on Apollo Justice for like two years now. I've I've heard that that it's probably the weakest game in the series, but it, I'm, I'm, undoubtedly, I'm curious. like easily, yeah. yeah. Huh. So how are you liking uh, Twilight Princess HD still, Ash? Um, you know what? It ha- I mean, it has its it, it looks a lot better than it has any right to, in my opinion. For for most of the game, there are, there are certain points where you can definitely see. You know how badly it's aged in terms right. of the geometry, like the desert. Like the Gerudo Desert is ass ugly. Not even gonna you know, sugarcoat it. It looks terrible, and it looked terrible back in the original game too. So, so I actually, I actually thought it looked kind of cool at points, though. Well, really, it, it depends where you are. But like uh, in my review, I used the footage of a sunset happening over the desert at that time, and I thought it looked really good actually. Oh, okay, uh, but I mean, I think some of the geometry, as you mentioned, like some of the environments yeah. in that portion do look pretty bad. Like how it. It just drops off at points and has weird walls all over. Right, but I mean, I gotta say though, like like areas like the uh, like Snow Peak and uh, the Snow Peak ruins or the the manor and the uh, the Lake Bed Temple, the Lake Bed Temple, the water effects going on there really genuinely impressed me. Like it, it points. This is a really beautiful game. It's really weird. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then like the Sacred Grove. I just finished the Temple of Time and just. That that was cool back in the original game too because of that direct kind of throwback to Ocarina of Time. Right. But it just looks even better now, and I have to say, like they really sell that kind of you know aged ruins a hundred years later type feeling because the textures in this game really are fantastic. They did a great job with the textures, absolutely. And that was one that was really the weakest part of the visual design in Twilight Princess originally. So they really, I have to say, it it, it looks a lot better than I ever expected it to, and it's continuing to impress me in that sense. Now. In terms of the actual pacing, yeah, you know, the, the overworld's still too big. Hyrule feels too big. There isn't enough to do in there. You know, the same issues that were present mm-hmm. in the original are still present here. But I'm having a good time kind of rediscovering it, I have to say. That's good. I, I'm looking forward to trying it out. But, I, again, I want to be uh, Ace Attorney first before I <laughs> yeah. go over to that and slowly chip my way through that. Because I own it. Still have yet to play it. Yeah. So, oh, well. <laughs> yep. Well, what about you, Andre? How was the Mad Tea Party? Oh, that was pretty pretty epic. So the thing with that is, so on Monday, I was reading, you know, one of my Disney sites, like their weekly recap or, you know, <laughs> of events happening as well. And it mentioned that the Mad Tea Party is ending soon, which I knew, but I totally lost track of time. So I, I got hold of my good friend Gadge. I'm like, Gadge, man, Tea Party's ending in two days. He's like, yeah, I know, man. I'm like, why aren't we down there? He's like, you know what? We have to make this happen. So, like, so we figured out the best way to get down there. Because last-minute flights are insane as well. And the ones that weren't insanely priced were at terrible times, like 6 a.m. And I, I don't do 6 a.m. flights. <laughs> so um, so we found a uh, – so he proposed the idea of Megabus. But I had a huge thing with Megabus with you, Ash. You're yeah. that, the whole thing. So I would never take Megabus so, again. Exactly. So I'd rather like bike down to LA rather than take Megabus. So our principal. <laughs> so we took their competitor. Though, competitor though being Bolt Bus. Round trip tickets, sixty bucks. Um, you know, like onboard Wi-Fi. From everything I've read, wow. they are like a much better version of Megabus. Like the same idea, but not a terrible company from what I could tell. And huh. sure enough, the ride is fine. It didn't break down, which is great. Um, we were not just on time. Like they were on time too when picking us up, but we were early at every destination, which was fantastic. 
Uh, and yeah, just like overall decent service. So we got down there uh, since you know Med Tea Party didn't kick in until like 6 p.m. Uh, we actually decided to go check out Harry Potter Land over at Universal Studios first, which is now in testing, uh, like a test opening before it officially opens next week. And yeah, like we were there early in the morning. There were no waits for anything. And so we did, you know, the whole Harry Potter land, the ride, and most importantly, the Butterbeer, as uh, well as the whole three broomsticks restaurant there, which is pretty epic by food, by theme park food standards. Oh, my God. Um, so it was awesome. So we covered that entire park within four hours. Then we took a left down to Disneyland and just chilled there until Mad Tea Party happened. And that was, the turnout for that was amazing. Like, Mad Tea Party's always been pretty popular. But the final day, like, that, that entire... Like, uh, Hollywood section, the little subsection it's in, was packed. So it was just great seeing the, the amount of turnout for that and the amount of love for Mad Tea Party because um, it, it was a pretty big event. It's been around for four years now, which surprised me, almost four years. And it was just awesome to see that level of representation um, for their final event, sadly. So it's it's not going to be the same. Disneyland's not going to be the same to me without Mad Tea Party now. Well, that was because when we uh, went... I think it was like two years ago now or something like that for after, after E3, that was the thing that you wanted to show off most. But it's, uh, a, it's a, like the least Disneyland thing possible that's there. It's hilarious. It's like so <laughs> at odds. It's like, what, they have this, like, this weird dance party like where you can buy Long Island iced teas at? What? <laughs> I know. I remember yeah, when we went for E3 or after E3, it, I, you know, I don't go to Disneyland that often, so I don't really have that kind of context for what I would expect to see there other than the stuff I've always seen, like the cute characters and, and the fun rides, but... I didn't expect something so adult, I guess, or something yeah. so risque. And when we were there, I was just looking at both of you. I'm like, what What are we doing? This is crazy. <laughs> this is Disneyland. But we've got, like, you know, really scantily clad women dancing and, and this really intense music. I mean, it was, like, really not Disneyland-esque at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there was something to get away with it, but it's part of California Adventure, sure. which does skew oh, yeah. a little bit older. But even then, like, yeah. it still seems, yeah, it definitely seems to be out of the realm of what Disney usually does. <laughs> Except maybe the only, the closest thing I could think of would be, um, in Disney World, they used to have something called Pleasure Island. Oh, I think they their, still do have Pleasure Island, don't they? Well, they it, got that. only in name. The the entire concept oh, did, is gone. And they're actually retheming oh, it all. They're no, actually okay. redoing I all. I didn't realize they were toning it down, because I remember always as a kid, like, looking at Pleasure Island and, like... Ooh, this is all the adult stuff. Well, that's know, and that's the thing too. Like, I mean, the whole restaurants. I, I mean, I I actually I'm 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 annoyed that by the time I was actually really of age to go to Pleasure <laughs> Island, it's gone now. It sucks. Yeah. But it looked yeah. really cool back in the day, and you actually could get in as a kid, but you had to be with a parent. So I mean, mm-hmm. so there, like, not only it was completely separated from the rest of the theme park, so it being more adult kind of made sense. Whereas this party is straight up in the park. Anyone can walk up to it. It's literally right next to a Monsters Incorporated ride. So nice. like you have kids like walking up to that Monsters ride while everyone else is, like dancing to like Alice and the Mad Tea Party Band up on stage. So now I have an important question. You said you can get in as a kid, but could you have gotten in as a squid? Oh God! <laughs> Sorry, I had you said kid. I had to say squid. I mean, yeah. it's just yeah, uh, it's yeah. just a natural thing. You have to yeah. try it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have tied up security there now. They do have uh, metal detectors at Disneyland now, so I don't know if squids would be allowed. Isn't that sad oh, wow. when you think about like the fact that you have to have metal detectors at a place like Disneyland? It really is. Like, <laughs> it's, like it's, really... it's a really recent thing too. Universal just installed a bunch of uh, metal detectors. That everyone has to go through. Whereas Disneyland, they don't have that many, and so they they randomly choose you, which just so happened to be my friend who just so happened to not be white. Which is random. <laughs> of course, just so happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it was totally weird. random. Yeah. 
Now, I, I, I can't remember, Derek, or I mean, uh, Andre, have you been to all three Harry Potter Wizarding Worlds or just the ones in Florida and L.A. now? The only, yeah, the one I'm missing is the Japan one. I haven't been to okay, that one. Okay, because I've only so. been to the Japan one in, in Osaka, and I loved it. I, was just, I, I would love to know how it compares. Of course, I do live like 15 minutes away, so I was actually going to join you, and then I had work just completely screw me, yeah. and I had to stay home. But uh, I do want to go because I need more, I need more butterbeer. That butterbeer, <laughs> butter- that frozen butterbeer, oh, oh my God. God, right? We had two of them while we were there. We got the, the oh. souvenir mugs, and since we were, it's, it, you know, uh, since we were there early, there was no line for that even, which there usually is even yeah. at the Florida park, so, which has been open for years now. Um, so based on so based on you know what I remember the Florida one and what I've seen the Japan one, I think it, it does seem to uh, compare pretty favorably. Like they did, they did a really good job replicating again based on my time with the Florida one, like the entire experience. I think it is a little bit smaller in scale, but sure. it's something you don't really notice just because of how you know um, the whole area is set up and like you know it's windy passages or you know windy like it's like kind of like a windy. Uh, town like area right yeah so so it still successfully captures that genuine feeling of walking into one of the movies it really does it did a great job with it the only slight problem i would i would law about it is that you know universal's kind of screwed on space and so they didn't have really maybe they have a ton of control over where they could put this land but because of where they put it you can see buildings that aren't even related to universal like in the distance and it does kind of like take away from the idea that you're being transported to this whole area Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you can just see the real world out beyond the, the uh, you know, the barrier of the land. Yeah. So I wish I'd done a little bit better job of, of covering that up. Maybe it'll work better in a few years once the trees fully grow in. But for now, it's like, oh, there's like an office building right there in, in this magical yeah. land. So it's yeah, a little sure. bit weird. Uh, otherwise, it did a great jealous. job. I mean, I've, I've not been to a Harry Potter land at all. You, you keep talking about all these theme park things and... I've never been to anything like that. Not in a long time, at least, that I can easily go we took do all you to, that. We took you to Disneyland. What are you talking about? Yeah. How many <laughs> times have you gone to Disneyland since you took me? Well, that's because I'm insane, so... Well, what if you guys... I mean, actually, genuinely, what if you guys came up, like, a day or two early for E3 this year, and we all went to Harry Potter before, you know, the chaos of E3 begins? We could. That could be fun. Good. See, look at us making plans on the podcast. <laughs> Good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We should make Why it happen. Not? Um... No, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a lot of fun, and I love the parks. Like, I, I've loved to go to the parks more often than I'm able to. So, yep. you know, it's, it's a bit of jealousy. Like, I'm, like, trying to make sure if everything's getting done uh, for the, you know, for the channel, and Andre's off having butter beer and uh, rocking out the mad tea party. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, did I have a choice? I had to go. You did <laughs> have to. to. It, it, obviously, you had to. I had to. There was, yeah. no, there was not even a conscious decision in this. Like, it, mm. I had to... I had had to deal with my people. They have the Mad Tea Party. <laughs> well, as I've always said, Disneyland will have my money as soon as we get a full-scale, true-to-life Twilight Town or Traverse Town or some sort of Kingdom Hearts-themed attraction. I'll be there. Opening day. <laughs> that would be cool. It would probably be more likely at like the Japanese... Oh, it'll uh, never happen. Tokyo but... Disneyland, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's sad. One of the most exciting news I've had. Like, I just thought of this. Uh, I was so excited when I woke up today... And I saw somebody say, Animaniacs is on Netflix. I'm like, wait, really? Are you serious? And then I, realized, and then I was like, wait, crap. It's April 1st. Aww. Nothing is true on this day. So I'm like, well, I'll be the idiot and go check on Netflix. So I got on Netflix, did a search. I put in A&I. Nothing was Aww. coming up. I'm like, oh, no, it's not true. Finish up. I was like, eh, I'll just finish it. Animaniacs. Boom! So it's there real. It was nice. And all four seasons of Animaniacs is on is on Netflix right now, which 
my go-to thing while I was doing something is to have like Futurama on the background. It just switched to Animaniacs, so it's, it's going to be so nice to relive that. Like oh, I totally. have the first two, two or three volumes on DVD, but there's something about it just popping it on Netflix and just doing whatever as it's going on. Well, and, you know, and for whatever, you know, a lot of people don't like this opinion, but Animaniacs always appealed to me much more than the standalone Pinky the Brain cartoon ever did. Like I like Pinky the Brain; it's fun, but Animaniacs just had that certain quality to it that it was just it really was engaging and I just I loved Animaniacs and I, I say that with full knowledge that of course I probably would have to say I love it because of my dad but still my dad <laughs> aside I really do love that show and, and even more than Pinky oh, and no, it's just a it's just a classic show the, the thing is that I think that works in Animaniacs favor is it has a lot of variety yeah now I don't like I'm not a fan of everything that the show does like as a kid I found the Rita and Runch stuff a little boring mm-hmm. <laughs> because oh god not another song yeah you know? yeah but like That's Slappy and Skippy yeah. and the Good Feathers oh and- Slappy and Skippy and is, is probably my second favorite after yeah. the actual Warners now this is actually uh, reminded wait. me of something I, I okay. just watched something last night that blew my mind it's the newest episode of the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles cartoon it's called Transdimensional Turtles I don't know if you guys have heard I've about heard it. about this I want to oh. watch this but I'm, I'm like I've only seen the first season of Turtles and so I need to just, like catch up no so have I but don't just, just skip, skip to this one and just watch this one it's worth it it's, it's so chock full of fan service from the original 80's cartoon series it's hilarious it's really it's, it's so good like it's one of the greatest episodes of a cartoon I've ever seen so I, I'm not hyperbolizing. Go watch it. It's so good. If you're a fan, uh, if, if you grew up watching the old 80s Turtles cartoon, it's so good. Now, hey, now here's a question. I don't know if you know this or not, but did your dad get a double paycheck for being both Donatello and Raphael? Raphael I don't know. I doubt he did. I don't know if he did. I, I doubt it. But there is a cool little exchange where they talk to each other, where it's like, you know, why do you sound so weird? And, and Donatello and Raphael are talking to each other like, you sound weird. I sound weird. You sound weird. Get out of here. And, of course, it's the same voice. It's great. It's, it's so yeah. well considered. Yeah, go watch it. <laughs> I, I do need to see that. It looks so good. It's right. Like, I want to watch more of the, the twenty. I think, what is it, 2012 20, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's so that good. That was a good one, too. To yeah. more of it. No, twenty twelve is I think is that's the that's kind of like the middle series, right? It's like the one that was is on. Is it? I don't know. There was one on four kids. I'm thinking the one oh. that you know it's uh, you know the, this this one right now. I never got really into the. Oh, okay. The four kids, the four kids one. one's pretty good. But no, I have to say the Nickelodeon cartoon, in my opinion, is the best interpretation, like the best cartoon interpretation of the turtles. It really is yeah. a great show. All right. Well, are you looking forward to the new movie coming out? Hell, uh, honestly, yes. And, and and I know people hated the, the original, but I don't know. My wife and I went to see it. We walked out pleasantly entertained. It wasn't amazing, but it, it was fun. And I have to say, in the trailer for the new movie, they look like they have nailed Bebop and Rocksteady. Like, really nailed Oh, them. yeah. Like, I was going to say that. Like, I had no interest in the first one. I was like, yeah. eh, it just it doesn't look that great. But then I saw the trailer for this New one, I'm like, like the, they they got the music down, they got Bebop and Rocksteady in there. Like, okay, I think I can go for this. They're like, this is the first time we've had the cartoon on the big screen, yeah. you know, because we never got Bebop and Rocksteady. I remember as a kid thinking, oh, the Toka and Razor, are they going to be Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah. And nope. Honestly, if you, you, can, you can go rent the Blu ray for the first movie, as long as you go into it with an open mind and just kind of go into it expecting to have a good time with some issues, you can enjoy it. It's not mm-hmm. a terrible movie by any means, in my opinion, anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I could just walk into the second movie and still be okay. That's true too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a turtle. It just doesn't change that. Much. Right, right. <laughs> I think you know what you're. Yeah, what you're getting into generally. Exactly. 
All right. Well, I guess we should move on to the news, Derek. So what's up yes. this week? Well, I guess probably the biggest news, uh, at least for Nintendo, is that Mitomo, Mitomo has already uh, obtained 3 million users worldwide. Two million of that from the launch from the launch day, the first day internationally. So you got a million from Japan in the amount of time it took to uh, get here, and then two million more from the rest of the world in one day, which is freaking insane. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Nintendo's dead. Like They're it. doomed. Uh, Just yeah, in totally. case you were wondering. Well, <laughs> the question is, I mean, the bigger thing here is like, yes, it's doing well, but I, I think, what do we all think about Mitomo? Is the bigger question, I think. Um, well, I, th- I mean, you've been playing it a bunch, right, Ash? I've been playing it probably as much as you guys have. I mean, I've been, yeah, I spent a good chunk of yesterday kind of experimenting with it and playing around with it. I think it's actually, yeah, I did. Yeah, me, me and Gadge were as well since we're on the bus for like eight hours coming back home, so we're just sticking around the Mitomo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a few hours. it's charming as hell. I mean, it, it it it's one of those things where yeah, it's a big deal that, that Nintendo's finally entering the mobile space. You know, it's their first ever mobile game, mobile phone app. But it feels like they've been doing this forever. It's so natural. I mean, there are some there are some mechanical issues. Like it would be nice if you could accept friends all at once instead of one by one. You know, stuff like that. But it's 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 really charming. I have to say, it'd, it'd also be nice if you could accept friends that uh, you don't have social media or, <clears throat> that you know, too or face to face. Yeah, that seems like a huge oversight. Yeah, I, I agree. I think mechanically there there are signs that this is a new space Nintendo that are not necessarily super experienced in. But that's something that will come with time and, and more apps. But I just think in terms of the overall presentation, it feels like a Nintendo game. It, it has that kind of yeah. charming quality to it, and there's definitely a limit to how much you can do with it. I mean, it you know, once you've gone through a few questions, answered a few questions, seen some answers, you know, the repetition starts to set in, and you have to stop playing for a while. Like, it's not, not, it's not a long-term experience. It's definitely a pick-up-and-play, oh, this is cool, and then stop for a while type thing. Oh, wait, so by, by long-term, you mean you're not talking... You, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Play sessions, I mean, right? sorry. Individual play, se- play, se- play sessions. Yeah, yeah I, I think Mitomo will have a pretty decent life. I just think, in terms of individual play sessions, it's not the kind of game you'd sit down and play for like an hour necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I think at first you almost can, but I think it's yeah. kind of fun setting up your me. Uh, but once you get to the meat of the game, so to speak, that's actually where I started just to lose interest a little bit. Like, yeah, I thought it was, I was. I had some fun, like answering some questions. You know, having that light interaction that the app promotes. But after day one, or we're now like after like we're in day two now, and I've yeah. already not felt compelled to go back. Um, so I mean, I think overall, like, I think it is polished. I think it is cute. I think it is charming. Maybe not quite as charming as you think it is, Ash. But uh, <laughs> I do think they did a pretty good job. Like it does feel like they've been almost doing this for a while. It still is. It's weird to have Nintendo on my phone. I know getting notifications from a Nintendo app, and then being able to use like you know touch screen based controls like pinching to zoom or. You know, uh, moving my, you know, or spinning my me around with two fingers or whatever. Like, it's weird to have those gestures in a Nintendo games as they've been stuck with that resistive technology for so long now. Yeah, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, it's polished. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical as to the long-term viability of it. Although, I don't know if my personal take on it means much either. Like, I mean, because, like, uh, we were talking about, um, before we started recording, like, all the rewards you have. And, like, how you get all these coins, all these benefits that also tie into my Nintendo, you know, new my Nintendo rewards or whatever. Uh, my, what is it, my Nintendo account? Yeah, my yeah, Nintendo my account. Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I see that list, and I'm like, it just reminds me of like achievements and trophies, um, and which I have no interest in. <laughs> and like, I see just a list of chores. 
I'm like, I don't want to bother with this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, see, for me, is like I'm pretty much right where you're at, Andre, where it is cute, it is polished. I did have fun with it for a while. I could see it becoming, you know, a little bit, you, you know, enough for me to want to keep playing. But then it sort of set in. It's like, okay, I've answered these questions. I've seen these questions. I've gotten notifications. It's like... I'm I'm good, <laughs> you know. I'm not exactly all that invested anymore, and you know it's it's kind of cool to see what your friends answer. But the other problem is, is that, uh, and this is not an insult to anybody, but you get other people involved that aren't quite your friends because you can uh, add friends of friends, yeah. And that's how you sort of get people you don't know. And when you start seeing their answers, and I don't know about you, I somehow always get those people's answers rather than the people who I'm actually friends with. I've had the same just sort of. Yeah. I don't know why it does that. It always does it for the person I don't know rather than the person I do know. And it's like I want to know more about this friend uh, rather than random person, which not uncertain to that, not an insult to that person. It's just what I feel like works best for this service. So I've actually fallen into a thing where I think from now on I'm just going to play at the bare minimum amount in order to earn the platinum coins um, and then just do that. Like do that for the day? Okay. Yeah. Do something else. Paradoxically, it's kind of one of those things where it seems like the smaller your pool of friends, the more the more fun you'll have with Mitomo. Because if you can only focus on your real life friends and see their answers, it's actually kind of cool. It's fun. But it's like you said, Derek, when you get all these friends of friends involved, you just have to wade through, you know, answers from people, frankly, that aren't, you know, they're not in your your circle of friends. So it's hard harder to care as much. So, mm-hmm. and, and for some reason, the app does seem to almost focus on those friends of friends more than your actual group of friends. So, yeah. like you, Derek, I think I'll be going through and and, prob- and, and again, it's not a, an insult to anybody out there, any fans, but it is just kind of more fun when you're only dealing with your, you know, the people you're really the close to. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, how, how weird is it to hear other people's me's like swearing at you or maybe not at you, but just swearing in general, but there was no filter on this game. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't had that happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I, I've, I know there was no filter, but I have not had a single person use curse words at all. Um, I've, I've come across a couple, like nothing terrible, but you know, even even mild words like "damn" and "hell" isn't something you'd expect to find in Nintendo. Games. I'm actually shocked that there is no filter. There is absolutely no filter from what I've read. Like you can put, like I saw an article on maybe Kotaku or something, mm-hmm. one of those sites, and they tried a bunch of words and they all went through. So <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That is that, that. I mean, that's a good step for Nintendo, especially it, with the mobile phone sp- uh, space. It kind of is, especially because by blocking it, you only encourage people to figure out way you know workarounds. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And I, you know, I did think it was impressive too, just how accurate that that diction is. Like, it had no trouble with with my name, which a lot of uh, similar things have. Yeah, and, no problem with my name. And my friend who I was with again, Gadge, uh, he he. He, he mentioned to me, like, when he was setting up, he's like, dude, this is the first time anything's ever nailed my name. Like, no <laughs> yeah. one, no, no program. People don't even know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. So, but it nailed yeah. it. So that's actually really impressive. Um, so, well, what do you guys think of my Nintendo? You sort of briefly mentioned it, Andre. I think my, uh, honestly, I find my Nintendo to be a confusing mess right now. Um, they have, like, what, there's, there's Mitomo coins. You have a coin box, right? You have Mitomo, Mitomo coins. Mm-hmm. You have, the, what, the gold coins and the platinum coins, I think? Yes. So, the, the Mitomo coins are coins you earn through Mitomo, but they still function exactly the same as platinum coins. There is no difference. Why are they counted separately? I have no idea. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Then what's, the, then what's the difference between platinum coins and the gold coins again? Like platinum one you get coin, for buying games or something? Or? Exactly. Platinum coins you earn through the game just doing random things. 
and gold coins is sort of like um, the old Club Nintendo where you earn points through purchases, but it's only digital purchases, which is going to be a problem for me. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me getting older and being less tolerant of nonsense. I just find that entire thing to be confusing. Like, I logged on, I look at that screen, I'm like, why are there three separate boxes here? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sure something I'll get used to, but it just seems, I don't know, it just seems more complicated than it needs to be. I, I completely agree. I mean, this is, it, it was pretty clear, the original rewards program, you know, even though the surveys sucked, it, it was always clear yeah. what you needed to yeah. get what you wanted. It, it was there was no kind of confusing messaging. With this, though, I completely agree with you, Andre. It's you've got these different kinds of coins. It's kind of unclear which you know what tier of coins gets you which kinds of rewards. It's it's just kind of a confusing mess. I really hope they streamline it because as it is, it's just it's just, there's too much fuss. It shouldn't be this. Mm-hmm. I mean. There are free things. You get points to earn said free things, and you spend those points on free things. It shouldn't be that complicated. Yeah, you know, it doesn't sound that complicated. Yeah, yeah. It, it does seem odd. I mean, the thing is, is that the thing that they they lay out the percentage off the discounts very well. Like, if you can use platinum coins, it has a platinum coin background behind the percentage off. If it needs gold coins, it has gold coins. Mm-hmm. But for the individual games, like Super Mario 64 or uh, Punch Super Punch-Out or whatever, they don't have that background. So you have to click on it in order to see what you need in order to get that. And it seems like kind of an oversight for it because you, that's an extra step that you have to go. You can't just easily know what you can get. And um, it takes a long time. Like, like like, I got my Nintendo Picross so I could show it off because that's an exclusive game. Boy, do I not care about that game at all. I was like, <laughs> boy, I was like man, I wish I, got, I wish I could have gotten WarioWare touched instead. That looks like way more fun. I've never played that game before. It's a, three, it's, a, uh, it's a DS game on the 3DS for the first time. That seems super interesting, and I have to slowly earn coins. Like, on a daily basis, I can earn 35 coins from Mitomo. And that's about it. So it's going to be a long process to get now, back there. Now, is your problem with uh, the Picross game? Is it just is it just a Picross itself, or how they presented it? I, I'm actually a big fan of Picross, so I actually think that might be a kind of cool reward um, since I have like other Picross. It, games. It, it is. I mean, Picross is. That's the first time I've ever played Picross, and it is fun. I did enjoy it. I found I found the puzzle aspects interesting, but if I had to choose between it or WarioWare. I would have naturally chosen mm-hmm. WarioWare. <laughs> right. Uh, Picross, I mean, it's a, fun, it's a fun little puzzle game. It does its thing. It has that whole Zelda aesthetic ne- attached to it in the cheapest way possible. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it shows the opening title screen for uh, Twilight Princess, and it's not moving at all. Really? It has, like, yeah, it, it has Midna going through station, stationary movements as she's d- teaching you stuff. And then, you know, it's just... A very light Zelda aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually kind of surprising they narrowed it down to Twilight Princess rather than just being overall Zelda, which I think would have been more interesting to have that kind of variety there. I actually wish that they had made they had just put that game on mobile. Like if that were yeah. an app I could download on my phone, that'd be freaking awesome. That's true. I could just, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find it I'm also a- weird that you have to like spend fifty coins right off the bat on a points box. Like, why even go through that? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I, I when I got to that point, I looked up online. I'm like, do I have to buy this? Like, I don't have to save those fifty coins. Yeah. Um. <laughs> like, but I mean, I I I don't begrudge them too much for that. But I think I just teaches you the process sure. of buying something. But yeah. I guess yeah, a point could be made: the fact that they have to teach you that process. Yeah. <laughs> maybe means that you know, isn't that intuitive? I don't know. It's not that complicated. But, no, it really isn't. Um, I mean, uh, here here's the thing though with with the My Nintendo Rewards thing. I mean, it's cool yeah. that it's up and running. 
you know, mechanical issues aside, you know, yeah, maybe it's a little too complicated, whatever, they can fix that. What the, but the whole point of this whole account synergizing thing for me is cross-buy, and that's what I'm waiting for. I don't yep. want to have to keep buying the same virtual console games for full price on different systems. I did it for EarthBound because it's EarthBound, but the fact that I had to spend 10 bucks on EarthBound again, you know, same thing with Link to the Past, I wanted to get that next week. Like, it's... That, that, that needs to be fixed. That is the one thing that I want you know what's this. You know what doesn't exactly fill me with hope in regards to that is the fact that Amitomo, it once again, seems to have a completely independent friend list. Mm-hmm. Why can't I import, like, my Wii U or 3DS friend list or something? Like, I mean, or maybe, you know, I mean, at the least, maybe Mitomo will serve as a launching off point for the NX that maybe you can bring your friend list in from that. But I'm tired of building up individual friend lists in all these games. Yeah, I mean, I, I can... Um, Almost, I can kind of forgive that just because I feel like maybe the mobile infrastructure is completely separate from the Wii U infrastructure. I can maybe see that needing to be a separate thing. But I, but I, yeah. over the concept overall, I totally agree with you. I don't want to have to do this all over again with the NX and 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 I'm hopefully, like you said, hopefully Mitomo is is kind of serving as a mm-hmm. launching point for what what will eventually be the NX social apps and whatever. So I am looking at uh, just going back to the rewards here. Like I think some of these rewards are pretty cool. Like you can get Donkey Kong Country Returns. I mean, you can get whole games here for yeah. for free. But there is one major problem related to this, and that's the fact that uh, is it was a Platinum Coins. They expire. I think if I have it right, they expire after yeah. six months. Yep. Oh wow! So, spend really? Them as quickly as possible. Yep. See that. Why? Now, the thing they do do, though, is, like, when you do go to spend them, they do use the oldest coins first. Okay. It's automatically built in, so you don't have to worry about that sort of thing, where I spent this money, and all of a sudden, now the rest of it's gone, because they did use the newer coins first. Now, they do go from the older ones uh, to the newer ones, but um, if you want to build up towards that thousand, it could take you a while, if it, considering, depending on what you do. But that's, that's just another layer of nonsense we don't need in this. Like, why do I need to keep track of how old my coins are now? Yeah. Um, especially, like, six months is ridiculous. I think Club Nintendo, to be fair, they have something similar, but I think it was two years, maybe, the limit on that? I think it was two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, granted, is, isn't, is you know, I, I, I still don't think there should be a limit at all, but that was at least a better limit. Six months, unless you're buying games all the time, I don't know how you're going to get cash in on, the, on any of these higher benefit rewards. Or being you know, a more expensive reward. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and honestly, it just seems like the value isn't quite there like it was with Club Nintendo. I mean, yeah, so especially with the North American branch, Club Nintendo had some pretty cheap rewards. But even what I'm looking at now kind of pales in comparison to what you could have gotten on Club Nintendo. It, at least it feels that way. Yeah, we need more physical items. I feel well, physical I mean, items, even but are- even like the even like full digital game downloads. Like you, you have to spend coins to get thirty percent off on something. It's like. I feel like with Club Nintendo, you really could just get games, and you can still hear too. I just feel like you, the uh, the tier, like the threshold, the the amount of coins you need is much higher. Yeah, I I will agree. Like looking at all these discounts, like it's hard to get that excited about. Oh, fifteen percent off, cool. I mean, you know, it's better than nothing. Don't get sure, me wrong, sure. but it is hard to get excited over that. But the one that really gets me is I love the idea of using a virtual currency, being these coins, to purchase a virtual currency, such as, like, these Mitomo game tickets. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that just seems, I don't know. Yeah, that I'll, Especially that I'll when Mitomo just gives you those t- game tickets like crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see We'll see how things go. Um, right, I mean, I think, I think the inner, like, the overall look of everything, you know, the presentation's decent, but I, I think they need to iron out a few of the issues here, so... 
It's well, off to a good start, and I think the key feature is going to be that me photo. That's the big thing I've seen everybody using. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was these. talking more about uh, the rewards program. Oh yeah, yeah the rewards I, program. That's again, this is ironed, ironed out as well, well. I guess real quick, just even though we've been on the topic for a while, um, I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts as to what Mitomo could do moving forward. But I did have one idea. They've talked about how they they would look at you know adding on to the game and building upon it. Uh, you know, d- depending on what people latch on to. And one area I can already see, like, that would be ripe for uh, people wanting to customize will be your apartment. Right now, there's nothing yeah. you can do with it. Mm-hmm. And I can absolutely see them turning that into a space you can customize. And, you know, right now, they have pictures on the wall that are, you know, just random. You could, I could totally see them being able, or totally see them allowing you to post your own meat photos as pictures on the wall, which would be very pretty cool. That'd be cool. So, yeah, so if you that, can actually visit your friends' apartments and you know check them out, that that'd be kind of neat. Kind of like bringing in an aspect of Animal Crossing or Happy Home Designer into this game. Yeah, I could see them doing that. I could definitely see using the game tickets for that mini game in order to get uh, Nintendo specific items, right. sort of like the Badger Arcade. You know, there's a lot of stuff they can do to expand upon this. So I I nice. almost want to say apartment decoration is inevitable. Like I feel like that's I just something so. that's going oh, to yeah. happen in an update. Yeah, totally I think you're right. So it only anyway, makes sense. let's go ahead and move on to the next bit of news, which uh, is actually we've had more details come out about the rumored uh, PS4.5 or PS4K uh, that you know basically from the Wall Street Journal. Um, basically, how they're sort of using this in order to bolster that the VR thing. So it's basically like, get this and get the top quality VR experience that you can from you know their upcoming VR project. And uh, they've also like would say that there would be no games that are would would be exclusive to the this new model. Uh, it would still have the old ones, and but it also would not take older games and make them look better. So it seems to be just sort of like for that for like four K resolution and VR stuff as a the core of the the whole upgrade in this case. Uh. So. I mean, to me, I don't care about VR. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, def- I, I do not care about updating. It just seems like it, it seems like Sony trying to like package it in so a lot more people get VR. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I should mention too, even beyond the VR, um, I believe there was a post on NeoGAF who evidently was um, uh, verified by the mods, and this actually came out before the Wall Street Journal story, as far as I know. So uh, these details do seem to be you know, seem to have a strong chance of being accurate. And they had mentioned too that there would be some games like God of War Four that would perform better on the new PS4, um, and you know wouldn't perform quite as well on the older one. So it's going to go. It looks like it might even go beyond PS uh, PlayStation VR. And apparently, developers do have these kits already going by this going by this news. Hmm. So I mean, I stand by where I stood before. I mean, it depends on how they do it. I am not. I'm not immediately opposed to the idea. Uh, at least not as much as you guys are. I'm just I'm just not crazy about it. I mean, look, it's not like Sony's the first person or first company to do this. Nintendo has done it all the time, back with the DSi, yeah. new 3DS. I mean, you know, Game Boy Color. Game Boy Color. So yeah. it's not like you know we can't just single Sony out for this. But this is a, a this is a, essentially a full price console, though. This is a little different from a handheld. It is a lot more expensive, and I'm I'm just not the in, a fan of the idea of like mid generation updates. Anyway, I think it's just kind of it feels kind of like a nickel and diming type thing. Um, but again, mm-hmm. Nintendo does it all the time with their 3DS lines, so or DS lines. So, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call out Sony for this specifically, but I'm just not. I guess maybe I'd be excited if I was really convinced by the uh, that by the idea of VR being the future of gaming, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, 4K is cool if you have a 4K TV. I don't really think it's that necessary though yet, and VR could be cool, but I'm not convinced. So this PS4K, eh, we'll see what happens yeah. with it, but I'm not like immediately enraptured by it. For me, it's just it's high end stuff that I don't need. That's basically what it comes down to. It's like yeah. as long as my old the, the stuff will still work on the PS4, I'm satisfied. You know, maybe I'm missing out on some of the upgrade upgraded stuff, but that didn't bother me when it came from like to the new 3DS. Like, yeah, it might play a little like Majora's Mask might play a little better on uh, the new 3DS, but it works just fine on the the regular 3DS, and I had no issues going through the game with it. That's actually a pretty so. good example of. I mean, actually, the, th- the new 3DS is actually a great example of how. Uh, both of how this could work well and may not work well. Yeah. Because, yeah, Majora's Mask 3D, that worked fine on the old 3DS. It worked better on the new one, but I played on the old 3DS and had very few uh, issues with it, at least in 8 to it being on the old 3DS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, however, then you take a game like Hyrule Warriors Legends, which does <laughs> run like comparative garbage on the old exactly. 3DS uh, yep. compared to the new one. So it is, but that is just one game. Um, so, I mean, so is Majora's Mask 3D, of course. So it is going to be interesting to see how this works out here. Um, but I feel like they, they really, I think they, they almost have to cater more to the you know, Majora's Mask half of that you know argument. Simply because there are, there are already so many PS4s out there. And while, yeah, they do want people to upgrade, they can't do that by virtue of pissing off their existing fan base. Um, yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing too is, I believe the rumor is that it's launching this year, right? Which it, yep. which seems odd because that's when they're launching another four hundred dollar accessory with the PlayStation v, uh, VR. I thought the rumor was it was yeah. going to be first quarter twenty seventeen. Oh, is that the rumor? That's what I thought. I'm not sure. I'm not hmm. sure. Yeah, I, I haven't really looked into it at all. But you know, I, I what I did here. Oh, is actually, you're, you be... you are right, Ash. It is the okay. rumor is quarter one twenty seventeen, which makes oh, more so. sense. Yeah, that, yeah, does, this, that does this, make more sense. This console would come out before the VR, no matter what. No, no, the VR comes out so this it was fall. after. It's, it'll be after. Oh, it is going to be after. Yeah. Okay. Whoops. I got mixed up. It's okay. Oh, well. But, we're, not, uh, we're not editing this, so yeah, <laughs> we'll just let it, that live on in. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, like I said, it doesn't affect me, so I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's so, yeah, right. So, I mean, that's that's kind of an interesting perspective for, coming from you. So, you're, it sounds like you're pretty indifferent to this, actually. Like, it doesn't, oh, totally. It doesn't upset I, you that they are potentially making a better version of what you have. If they do, as like I said, as long as I can keep playing my games, there's like there's not going to be some new game that comes out that I can only play on the 4.5 yeah. or 4K or whatever they call it. I don't care. I, I mean, that, to me, that means I don't need to upgrade to it. Yeah. I, what I expect is something along the lines of uh, you know existing game. Right now, most games seem to run at you know 720p or 1080p at almost 30 frames per second across the board. There are very few like 1080p, 60 frames per second out there. Whereas I could see on the 4K, I very much I don't expect most games to run at 4K, no. um, <laughs> especially at the price point they're going to aim for. Um, but I think the rumor does say that they'll they can upscale those games at 4K. But I would I wouldn't be surprised if more games do run natively at say 1080p at 60 frames per second on this newer hardware. I think that's fair. You know, if a game runs at 30 frames per second on the old one, 60 frames per second on the new one, I think that's fair. Especially because that seems to be the you know how most games run anyway. So you're not really missing out on much. Yeah. It's you now have an option for better games. But again, if that's not the case, if those games do run significantly worse than existing games already do. That would be a problem. So, well, for me, it's like the difference between you know the Hyrule Warriors Legends things, where it runs better on one system ver- on the newer system versus not as well on the other system, uh, and something like the new 3DS having Super Nintendo games and the old 3DS not. That for me, 
If I if I only had an old 3DS, I'd be a little upset. I mean, like, they're Super NES games. They're cool, but why do I need a new 3DS to run them? So it would be like, that's kind of the difference to me. If the PS4K has all the, the you know this cool functionality that's ex- exclusive to people who upgrade, that's going to bother me. But if it is really just kind of like the Hyrule Warriors type thing where, yeah, some games run better and some games don't run as well, I'm okay with that. You know, you, you know, I just had a thought. You know what the ultimate kick in the teeth would be? What? What? PS4K having backwards compatibility with the PS. Now that shit would. Oh my god! You just made me so <laughs> angry just thinking about that. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god! If they announced that, that would probably be the one thing that would convince me to do it, just so I could have an easier time recording PS3 games. Yeah. Th- thanks to the whole that whole thing, but yeah. a holy crap! But Sony would stand to that be would... pissing off a lot of their fan base. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I don't. But, I don't see that coming. Yeah. That's but. that's a weird thing though, right? Because. I mean, this it's is a good that, thing, but it's also it is like a good people thing. Who bought but, the old one, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I and I get that, but I mean, the the, the fact that the PS4 is coming out doesn't, sh- or a newer version, the 4K, doesn't change that. I mean, your system was always you bought it always knowing it wouldn't be able to play PS3 games. True. Um. So the fact that the newer version is coming out that could play them, it doesn't change that fact. So mm. yeah, but it does well, it does I, cheapen what you currently own, in my opinion, because they're essentially incentivizing you to spend a whole other five hundred dollars, four hundred dollars to upgrade for you know a feature they never said was coming. And I don't know. It's just, it's just it's just a, it's a little underhanded to me. Yeah, you're right, Andre. I see. I see your angle for sure. It doesn't really change what you currently own at all. But it, but at the same time, the fact that they're kind of holding this functionality in front, you know, waving it in front of your face, saying, "Yeah, you can have it, but you have to spend another five hundred dollars to upgrade to the newest yeah. version of the PS4." That's kind of skeezy. I mean, I I, I kind of get that knee jerk reaction, but I had a similar if a more mild version of that when they announced a new 3ds functionality only on the new 3ds but that's thought about i'm like well you know if it wasn't going to come to the original one anyway who am i to begrudge a new feature for those who get the new one yeah so i mean yeah it is an incentive to pick up the new one but you still don't have to you can go buy an old ps3 if you really want a cheaper version cheaper way of playing that's true as well yeah yeah but I mean, obviously, I don't. I honestly don't think it's going to come. No. But anyway, we can move well, on. Oh, oh, yeah, backward compatibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think that's going to actually happen. I was just throwing it out there as yeah, a way exactly. to truly piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we got, let's do some two minor bits of news before we get to the uh, last bit of major one. Um, one that excites both uh, me and likely Ash. Um, Mega Man. <laughs> Thanks, Andre. <laughs> uh, Mega Man Legends Two is coming to the PSN. Finally, all three Mega Man Legends games are on the PSN uh, by the end by the end of next week. That is amazing. Awesome. As a as a fan of this series more than any other Mega Man series, this is amazing to have all of them on in one collection. Point point people to them. Play these games. They are great. You need to. You know, and you can play them on your you them. can play them in your Vita now too. So you can actually take exactly. Mega Man Legends and the go. This is an amazing series. For those of you who have not played these games, if you like 3D action games at all, you have to play these games. They're they're really fantastic. Um, and then obviously this is all just coming just before the announcement that's obviously coming that Mega Man Legends 3 is going to be exclusive to the PS4K at launch. <laughs> so obviously right. that's happening. No, but seriously, totally. This is such a great series, and I'm I'm so thrilled to have these games. <clears throat> excuse me. To have these games in digital form on uh, playable on both my PS3 and Vita now. These are such good games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. There's not a whole lot to go 
off of this thing. But no. it is nice to see Capcom treating these thing, th- these games with respect, letting people try them out without having to pay insane prices for them. I, I, I have a physical copy of Mega Man Legends 2 that I got later because I wanted to play the game that much, and I spent 100 bucks on Jeez. it. So well, it is nice... And I am not upset by that because I, you know, I still have the physical version. But it's so nice that people who do not want to spend that amount of money or try to hunt down a Mega Man copy of Mega Man Legends Two can play the game now. Yeah. And even more so with Tron Bond, which goes to like one fifty to two hundred dollars right. for all of that. And it is, it's, it's so nice to see that kind of love. And the best way I can do it, if you if you like Zelda, it's it's a Mega Man version of Zelda with a few unique elements. It works. Really well. This is some of the best voice acting you will ever hear. It feels like you're playing a Saturday morning card anime. It feels like you're playing an anime. Yeah, it's. I would. I would say the voice acting is on par with Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's it's a little goofier and it's a little cheesier, but it's it's deliberately cheesy. So you played Metal Gear Solid. That's true, actually. Yeah. So the original MGS is deliberately cheesy as well. Yeah, you're right. So So did they change? Did they change the main voice actor for the final installment then? Oh, <laughs> they might. well, they actually did change, well, they change it between, one and, two, between yeah. one and two. Yeah. Oh, do they? Um, yeah, yeah. But you know, I have to say, speaking of Capcom, I think they do deserve a little credit here because it, it's so it's been so easy to you know crap on them for their supposed treatment of Mega Man. Whatever that aside, I've worked with stuff like this before, and I know how much these rights and resecuring these rights to use these voices can cost. So, from what I know, I imagine this wasn't something that Capcom just did for free. Or they could have done any time. This is something that they've likely been working on. Securing the rights for for quite a while, so got to hand it to them. They really came through. This is not something that could have just been done easily whenever they wanted. So you know, I think it's worth mentioning that Capcom really, you know, they they threw Mega Man fans a real bone here, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, the next bit of news is uh, Marin is coming to Hyrule Warriors Legends as part of the unlockable character for the Link's Awakening uh, DLC pack. Expected. yeah, we totally we we called, called this when we did our thing. Unfortunately for you guys, they did we did not get Link's uncle riding the windfish. Oh, I know. Oh, although I will say, I would not be surprised if the windfish is connected in any way to Marin. Like there has to be some way they're gonna like. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. sure. It'll, it'll, it'll appear in one of her attacks or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I wondered in our video even like if she might have her harp, which I guess is something a lot of other characters already have, so maybe not. But sometimes, kind of, like music, played a big part of Link's Awakening, right? Like with him collecting mm-hmm. all the instruments. So I wonder if that might play a part. She plays a song, the windfish appears, maybe in spirit form or something. And yeah, are they called the the instruments of the sirens or something? So so maybe yeah. so maybe yeah maybe they, she could play those as her attacks. Maybe she could sing. I think I feel like some character already does sing for their attack. I can't remember who, but. Uh, the closest, I guess, with oh, the Sheik with the harp. Maybe, but, yeah. yeah. I thought that, I thought there was yeah. actual singing, but maybe not. Either way, no. I will say it's it's even though Marin was expected, I think it's awesome that Link's Awakening is getting attention at all at this point. I mean, the, only, the only reason it's expected is because they announced they were bringing a character from from that game beforehand. Yeah, well, that's what had I mean. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had they not, it would been it would have been pretty blindsiding. But I'm with you. I think this is really cool. <clears throat> even though you know, obviously, Link's uncle riding the windfish would be <laughs> yeah. hundred times better still. Or just the windfish um, playable. That would have been cool too. It, that that would have been yeah. That would have been really surprising. The only the only weird thing about this, um, and again, I haven't really been following. You know, I haven't really been playing the games. But is this the only character who's really not a real character? Like she exists only in dream form. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, technically she's a character, but yeah, she's not real. Uh, well, I mean, within the within the Zelda universe, she doesn't exist. Yeah, she right? really, yeah, it's really just a, in a dream state. So that's interesting when you think when you think about it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess she might be the only one who would qualify. Do they? Yeah. Do you think they'll give any kind of like context for that at all, or are they just not even worry about it and just have her? Oh, it's it's not, there's gonna be no context. Yeah, she's pretty, not gonna have any part in the story. Right. Uh, it's just gonna be for that adventure mode map. It's pure it's, fan it's service. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I do like the design they came up with for it. It looks cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, like, I always liked her original design, and they did a good job up there. I mean, some people were, mm. I saw some people calling it hideous and, and garbage. I'm like, what? It's Marin, but like in HD. Like, what What else do you want? Yeah. Like, or it's Marin, or at least a more, it's a more complex version of Marin. Like, but it doesn't really veer away from her original it, uh, design it, at all. Yeah. What's wrong I mean, with when it? When you see the artwork, it's pretty close. Yeah. It's like how you would imagine updating. Like, if you look at uh, Pitt's original artwork, he looks nothing like he does in Uprising. So, Are you saying his original design is the Pitts? Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say this. I hope one of Marin's attacks involves raccoon-formed Terran, like, just like running through the battlefield, oh. sniffing out mushrooms, <laughs> and just unintentionally you know, destroying enemies along the way. That would be pretty. That would be that awesome. Actually, just that actually did remind me that the, the other dream element is the chain chomp as one of the gauntlet uh, weapons for Link, as a reference to. Link's oh, you're Link. right. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're, That's the only one, though. But well, there are there are other Mario references in the game, though. No, no, we're talking Link's no, no, Awakening no, no, no. references. Yeah, no. In Hyrule Warriors, uh, one of the weapons that Link can get is a gauntlets and a ball and chain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the second form of that is the chain chomp. Right, I the, see. The chain, the ball oh, I see what is you're the saying. Yeah. I guess it would be Bow Wow specifically, right? Yeah, it would be Bow Wow. Yeah. But it's based off of Chain Chomp. So. And now I want to go play Link's Awakening again. I love that game so much. <laughs> it is a good game. I but, only, uh, I finally beat it for the first time, well, I guess maybe like five or six years ago now. But uh, I've had it, you know, since it came mm-hmm. out. I never actually beat it until relatively recently. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah. good game. I, I liked it. Though I, I, I think a few, a few people say they like it better than the Link to the Past. I don't know where I, I'm not going to go quite that, that far, but it is really yeah. good. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the last bit of news we have here is the Final Fantasy 15 Uncovered event. Now, we're not going to dwell on this too long because there's a lot yeah. here. But basically, we got the release date. We got new gameplay. We got an anime. We got a car. We got a uh, CG movie. We got uh, Hollywood voice actors. All this stuff. And Ash, of course, was there. I was tweeting about it. Um what what did you think of the event, Ash? I thought it was really well run. It it, it started right on time, very punctual. Um, I like that they recapped exactly what the reveals were uh, several times throughout the show for people who were coming in late on Twitch, and also just for those of us in the audience who weren't quite sure what counted as an announcement and what didn't count mm-hmm. as an announcement. So I thought it was really well run, very well structured. Um, lots of cool surprises despite the GameSpot leak uh, that morning. Um, I, I think it's really pretty... It says a lot about how much... Face Square has in FF15, the fact that they're throwing so much money into this universe of, of Final Fantasy 15. Animation is not cheap to produce. I know that for a fact. And <laughs> the fact that they're making not only a five-episode anime, but a full-length CG movie uh, which whose visual quality looks to be beyond even Advent Children, they're, they're spending a lot of money on, the, on this game. And that's not even talking about the game itself. So... You know, I think I think they re- came out and said in a press conference recent uh, a couple days ago that Final Fantasy 15 needs to sell 10 million units to be successful. I did see that. Which, mm-hmm. look, I love Square Enix. You know, I, I love a lot of their recent games. I'm not a Square hater, but that's they have their work cut out for them. That's a lofty well, oh, figure. 
So they actually clarified those comments, oh. and they said that was just a goal they're aiming for. That's not necessarily where they'll break even at. Oh, okay, oh, okay. okay. Then that makes a little more sense. And they did say lifetime, okay, and the entire lifetime of fifteen for that as well. But yeah, ten million is still a huge number. Yeah, and but you also have to imagine that they're probably going to recoup a lot of costs for the um, CG movie and the anime. Uh, I mean, I, I, did you watch the first episode of the anime yet? Yeah, Ash? I did, and you know what? It's actually really well produced. It's, the animation's yeah. slick. It's uh, the voice acting's good. It's. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing the other four parts. Like my wife and I both watched it. We we're like, hey, this is actually pretty engaging. It's actually it's a really great way to introduce you to each of the the characters. Like, you know, Noctis has always seemed sort of deadpan to yeah. me. But that, that, the scene that stuck out to me the most for him that actually gave him a lot of character was just seeing him like getting that burger and taking his fork and just slowly getting the vegetables. I know. He's such a picky eat. eater. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great character quirk and seeing all the other character quirks of these, uh, these, of these four guys. It's like, okay, now I'm behind it. Now I'm sort of getting this vibe between it. You got, I can see you guys growing kind of attached to him with, if they act – like this, and right. uh, I'm, I'm excited for the future uh, episodes of the anime. Um, now, one thing I suspected, I actually voiced this during the event, and it turned out it what it is the case. So you know how they got that huge, that big voice cast yeah. for the CG movie: Sean Bean, Lena Headey, and uh, um, Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul, yeah, uh, yeah. They're not reprising their roles in the game. It is just for the movie, right? Which. So, it's a little strange for them to make such a big deal out of and then say, oh, by the way, though, it's only for Kingsglaive. It's not for the actual game. It's it's strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a bit unfortunate because I, I hope they find some close sound-alikes. But then at that point, it's like, why are you spending the money for these guys? Yeah. <laughs> if you're just going to get sound-alikes for the game. Like, it, it seems weird that they wouldn't go that extra mile to just have it, you know, the same across all, you know. All forms of media. Maybe it was just really, it really was too expensive. Maybe what they wanted was just too much for the game in terms of, you know, the, the paycheck for every one of these big name actors. Yeah, that could be. Um, but uh, I guess the last thing for this Uncovered event would be uh, what do you think of these special editions? We got the, what, the Ultimate Edition and the Deluxe Edition? I want it, I mean, despite, okay, look, there's a Square Enix hacks. We know that Square Enix games always tend to be a little more expensive. Because they're Square Enix games, you know. There's that. Whether it's true or not, there's that premium quality that, that they associate with their games. Fine, two seventy or two sixty is a lot, but I wanted it so badly, and I missed out because <laughs> I went to the after party and I missed out. And by the time I got home, they were gone. I am on the waiting list, but for now, I just got the deluxe edition. Yeah, I I thought about it. I was like, oh, that's just too expensive for that. It's just way too much. It is. Although I could have done an unboxing video for it, I should have I should have hopped on it because people would be interested in that because there, it is such limited quantities. And I was like, eh, whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to probably get the deluxe edition because it would be cool to have what is it the um, the Kingsglaive on Blu-ray, disc. yeah, yeah. And with the delu- with the ultimate edition, you do get the anime on disc as well, plus a bonus episode, which is pretty interesting, um, and then just all the other stuff as as well. Um, you know, I, I got to say, so, though, Square does. They've always kind of had me by the balls in terms of their collector's editions and just their game in general. I really do like Square properties. So, you know, I am on that waiting list. If it, if it becomes available for sale again, I might have to get it, and then I'll do the unboxing video. And actually what I might do, I think one of the reasons that the price is jacked up so much is because of the, the Play Arts Noctis figure. And unless I become, mm-hmm. like, a huge fan of Noctis himself, I, I feel like I could do without the figure, actually. So I might just get the, that edition and then sell the figure... 
you know, for a, some amount of money just to recoup some of the cost. Oh yeah, that's not a bad idea idea either because you still get the soundtrack, exactly. And all the, the, uh, the, the the art book stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, which is going to be gorgeous no matter what. Yeah, um, you know that that all look good. Uh, I guess almost forgot um, the, the the new demo. Yes, you got to play that as well, right? I did. I, I played it the the night I got back after I got back from the event. What'd you think? Um, I think it's fun, and I I. I I like it, but I don't think it's what Square needed right now. I don't think it's what Square or 15 needs in terms of its public perception. Um, I played Episode Deuce Guy 2.0 exhaustively, to death. I loved it. Really, I, I really kind of felt what they were going for in terms of the overall vision for the game. But I don't think a, not necessarily everyone who's interested in 15 played it. And then they see this Platinum demo, and it's like, you know, you play as young Noctis running around in these kind of childlike, whimsical environments... It doesn't really sell what FF15 is about at all, in my opinion. I don't think conceptually it's a very good demo, uh, but I had I had fun with it. I think it serves as a great if if you have played the Dusk demo. I think it, it serves as a interesting like addition to that. Like, yeah, Dusk demo gives you an idea of what the full game's going to be like, while the Platinum demo gives you a better idea of what the new battle system is like and how you can switch between weapons and uh, other combat options on the fly is like what magic is like. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I did enjoy that fight against the Iron Giant. Yeah, it might be a little simple where you just either defend or attack. Yeah. But I still found myself invested because it was just so visually interesting, and that's the thing that this demo really pushes. It's just how freaking gorgeous it it's, all is. It's a beautiful game. I, I think the main risk here is that people who are potentially interested in Fifteen only play the Platinum demo, and that's it, and mm-hmm. not Episode Deuce Guy, and then they're turned off. And I actually saw a lot of that online, like a lot of overtly negative reactions uh, to this to this Platinum demo, and. Like I said, I enjoyed the demo because I also played Deuce Guy, but I have to say, if I if let's say Deuce Guy had never existed and it's just this demo, I'd be a little worried about the game's direction. I know not to be, but if Deuce Guy didn't exist, I don't think it's a great showcase, to be honest, for what 15's about. I have to about. imagine... I'd almost imagine if they, if they see a major negative demo reaction to this, they'll probably do another, maybe a Deuce Guy 2... Uh, 3.0, where they have everything like in the final place, where you can fool around. Oh, I already expected there would be a new demo for E3, whether it's Deuce Guy 3.0 or something completely new. I, I have, I feel like there has to be at least one more really comprehensive demo that shows off what this game is all about before launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm excited for Final Fantasy 15. I Me really, too. it really feels like they're going to knock this out of the park. I, if they can nail the story, nail the gameplay, I'm sold. I mean, there's been all this talk about you know what are they going to do with the airships, and they I guess they outsource the airship development to uh, the Just Cause Three developers, which is cool. Like you know what's what's what forms the airship going to take? That last moment at the end of the final trailer <laughs> when your car, the car turns into the airship is so, so cool. Like what? <laughs> That is, that is pretty cool, and I gotta say, I, I do enjoy uh, that new version of Stand by Me for the game. I think it actually fits really well. I think so too. Crazily enough, yeah. And I love that when you're driving around in the car, you can listen to music from all oh, the Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy games. radio. So good, holy crap, Andre! You're I'm so excited for this, that right? Car so much. Uh, man, you have no yeah, idea. Right? <laughs> actually, hearing about that airship thing uh, makes me want to go watch a trailer. You should. Actually. Yeah, you should. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's in the second trailer, not the one that we 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 were able to post ourselves. Okay. Um, so it's a little bit different, but yeah, it's. I, I think it has potential. I really do. I'm officially but, hyped. You know, I, I one thing that Final Fantasy continues to do really well, in my opinion, is innovate with each is new. Hyped? Well, that too. <laughs> but it, but it really does manage to innovate with each new installment. Love love or hate whichever installments you you do. 
each one really does take a risk at doing something differently. Even 13, oh. 12, they all did something, you know, they, they innovated the battle system completely. And 15 is doing that again, and I do like, I respect the series for that. So you're saying it's like the Paper Mario series? Yeah, you know, I, I, to, to a lot of people, I feel like they do have their installments they really hate. They don't like the direction that the series has gone versus uh, installments that it nails everything they love about the series. So yeah, mm-hmm. in that sense, I could see a, a parallel being drawn there. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, but that covers it for all the news this week. Yeah. So I guess we can move on to the topics. I guess we can. So um, I'm going to open up things here with uh, a topic from our Patreon backer. If I'm saying this right, Tivisor, Tivisar, Tivisor, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he is saying uh, that arcades are considered a dying race nowadays. And it's sad that kids may never be able to experience how cool they were back in the day. So he wants to know if there were any particularly awesome games we remember um, from our from the arcade era. And the one that comes to my mind is one actually that I didn't actually play back during the arcade era, but it actually preceded um, even my time growing up. Um, you know, like when I was growing up, like Hydro Thunder was like the big thing, or Virtual Fighter, right? But mm-hmm. the arcade game that stands out to me is one I actually first played on the Dreamcast in the Atari compilation, being Warlords. And which is a four player, like just a four player top down game where there's a ball that bounces back and forth or like dragon's breath that bounces back and forth and it's basically four player pong you're just trying to hit the ball or the fire breath away from your base into someone else's and each time you hit someone else's base it deteriorates their wall uh at which point if you can hit the, get the ball into the core of it uh, it will take them out and then the ball gets faster and faster as you go along i love that game that game was so freaking fun and then once i found once i actually found an arcade that had it i think um like uh, every year, they have something called California Extreme here, and it's just where all these, uh, oh, like they have, there's hundreds of arcade games that come together, or hundreds, hundreds of arcade game owners that bring their own arcade games to this event, and among them was Warlords, and we just sat there for hours playing this game, and it's so freaking fun. It's so simple. Like it looks, like, the graphics are like super dated. Like I mean, like if we're talking like a, you know they look like Atari 2600 graphics, uh, but the gameplay is fantastic. So that is. Uh, one of the games that stands out to me the most from the arcade era, even if I didn't play it originally in the arcades. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is, I didn't really have that many arcades around me when I was growing up. It was all just really simple stuff, because I'm not really in a big well, town at all. Well, they were arguably dying by the, t- by the time we reached yeah. you know, an age that we could play them at. I mean, the only time I... The only thing I remember is, like, in an old store, like uh, like... Old store called Hills, which I don't even know if it even exists anymore. I don't think so. But they had a single arcade machine, which was Mortal Kombat. So I did see a couple people playing that, but I never got super into it. Honestly, the the most the biggest memory I have there's uh, of arcade games are shooter games like Time Crisis and whatnot. And uh, one I remember. Um, Two friends playing, playing Time Crisis, I think two or three, and just like going through all the money in order to play that and uh, watching them play that. It was a lot of fun. Um, but the one that sticks out to me the most is also a hugely embarrassing story for me is um, I had a friend that worked at a kind of arcade place. It was like uh, it had mini golf, it had an arcade, a, a small arcade, it had uh, go karts, you know, that type of thing. Uh, just a little bit of all in one, and he, uh, since he worked there, I don't know what he, how he was doing this, but he was getting coins, you know, tokens, and building them them up over time. So on his birthday, we had a bunch of us over, and we were doing the, doing this whole thing, uh, 
at his place and we ate our cake and everything else and it's like hey let's go to the uh this go to this place and uh, play some arcade games like awesome and he's like here I got this bucket and he took out a literal bucket full of these tokens and I didn't for some reason I thought nothing of it that it was any problem or anything like that I thought he was just getting these as bonuses and whatnot so I ro- drove over with a friend and this is like this is not me at a young age I'm like 16 17 <laughs> at the time drove over with a friend had with uh, separate from him, and for some reason, I know he had two buckets: one with us, one with the other guys. And we just walked in with this bucket full of tokens and started just playing one of the games. I think it was like the Jurassic Park like shooter game, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. All of a sudden, we had a employee come over. It's like, sir, where did you get those tokens? <laughs> oh, our friend Dan has it. He works here. Um, I'm got to confiscate those. Oh, what? He got fired that night <laughs> because oh, we were an idiot no. and did not be sneaky about it where we snuck outside and like slowly built up the, the tokens. I had no idea what he was doing was wrong. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That poor guy. I felt so bad for him. Are you still friends? Oh, yeah. We're still friends. <laughs> okay. Well, at least he didn't ruin your yeah, friendship. I don't bring up the story because I feel bad about it. But, yeah, I kind of got my friend fired on his birthday. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I didn't really get to play arcade games too often. Maybe a little bit of X-Men or uh, TMNT, but nothing solid. Um, well, me, I, you know, I spent I spent a lot, a, lot of time, a lot of time in arcades throughout my life. Not just growing up as a kid, but also in my high school, college years, because I was part of the competitive DDR community in SoCal, which is, you know, and for a while, that community was really going. So I spent a lot of my high school and college years, even well after arcades had died, essentially, in various arcades in Southern California participating in these DDR tournaments. But before that, uh, as a kid, my dad used to take me to the local arcade at the mall uh, called Tilt all the time. So I grew up playing arcade games like, you know, Magic Sword and quartering up for Street Fighter II and Mortal Kombat and things like that. So I have all those wonderful memories. But in terms of a really obscure game, um, I went with my family one year. I was probably 12 years old. Um, actually, my, my best friend at the time came along, so he would know this too. But we stayed at this resort in Washington called Lake Quinault. Uh, it's in the Washington Rainforest, beautiful place. But they had this little basement arcade with like probably five arcade games and like a pool table. And they had games like uh, Golden Axe and things like that. But there's this one game called B Rap Boys. And I still don't know what the B stands for to this day. Um, <laughs> but it, it was by Kaneko, uh, who made just kind of all these generic, like, scrolling 2D fighters, like. <clears throat> like beat 'em ups, like Ninja Turtles and X Men, as you said, Derek. And it really was just it started these three, uh, I guess, yeah, I think there are three playable characters, and they're just these like teenage rapper rappers, like they're just teenage street kids, and like there was a ton of like sampled audio and actual rap music in the game, so I guess that was supposed to be a selling point, and it wasn't a particularly good game, <clears throat> but I have never ever again seen that game anywhere else since. I never saw it once before. I don't know how how common it actually is, but I've never seen it since, and it was just this serviceable, really weird, random uh, 2D beat-em-up, and I've never seen it since. I'm looking at its page on arcademuseum.com right now, Uh, so it definitely exists, but it's super uh, uncommon, like super rare and just obscure. So that's my obscure arcade game story but honestly i miss arcades um especially playing all the ddr i did it sucks that they've gone the way they have i understand why because you know console technology is so far surpassed anything we've played in the arcade as kids i get it but nothing will ever quite 
replace that feeling for me of like walking up to a four-player Ninja, Ninja Turtles cabinet and just joining three strangers and who were playing the three other turtles and just playing through the game together. It's 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 something you really can't recreate playing the Xbox Live Arcade version online. Yeah. I feel like maybe having a a very slight resurgence in the last few years though, like with the Barcade. True, and, yeah, um, like uh, yeah. eighty two and Busters Dave and Busters, and, yeah. 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 I mean, it is small, but at least it's something. So, yeah. and there is a bar near me that has, um, oh god, uh, Killer Queen. That you know, that new arcade game that's like Joust but epic. Oh, I've seen <laughs> that around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, play, I played California Extreme for the first time, and apparently, uh, I think that was actually the same machine they actually brought from that arcade from that bar. It's like one of the only ones in the states. It's just down the street from me, and I haven't even gone to the bar itself yet. I need to go there and <laughs> play some more. But that game is epic. So yeah, I mean, it. it, it the, my my issue with the resurgence that you mentioned, Andre, like the barcades, all the barcades I've been to, like emphasize the bar and the obnoxious loud music part of it more than the games. Like, the games are almost I mean, an afterthought. You, you probably have and you to, have to because be you're fair. appealing to yeah. the general populace and not gamers. I get that, but barcades don't capture that same sense of uh, nostalgia for me that old arcades did, you know? I'm actually, yeah, I'm not a big fan of like any bar that has like super loud music. So. Yeah, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather hear you know, the, the, the arcade games themselves than music, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what'll be fun, Ash, uh, is that we're going to be, you know, with us going to Pax East, we'll be able to go to the uh, their arcade room. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, arcade room, the classic console room. That's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, you guys actually kind of touch on something real quick, and that's where I loved when you would just find arcades in random places, like or not arcade, like arcade machines in random places. <laughs> like my dentist had like three arcade <laughs> machines in a little what? break room. It was awesome. Nice. I would actually go in there and play Galaga, and that was freaking epic. That was actually my introduction to the game, and it was just so fun. Like I was just I, like I didn't like I didn't even want my appointment to come up. I just wanted to sit in there and keep playing the game. So. Well, do you remember the sit down versions of Galaga and Pac Man, like where you'd actually sit down t- on opposite sides yeah. of the table? Yeah. yeah, those are hard to find now. But well, uh, ex- except for well, I mean, still to some degree. But have you played Pac Man versus? Yeah, the new or whatever it's called, called uh, Pac Man Battle Royale. Battle Royale yeah, God, that game's so awesome. Cool. Yeah, I've not, not uh, we, played that one. There's one at the Santa Cruz Boardwalk, and so me and my friends were just sitting there for hours playing that game with like just beer, you know, drinking beers, playing that game. It's like tabletop too, just like the old one. Yeah. Um, except in this one, Derek. Uh, so there's four Pac-Man, and you can grow, you can grow larger by. It's kind of like a Pac-Man Championship Edition as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Except you can get bigger in this one, so you can eat the other Pac-Man. It is so fun. So <laughs> it's good a cool stuff. game. Stuff it is. All right, I think that covers it for the arcades. So um, who wants to go next? I'd say let's go with Ash next. Okay, well, right. my uh, my topic comes from Manuel Souza. I hope I said your name correctly. Um, and, and he says, uh, I believe on multiple occasions, you guys have stated you went to college. As someone who is going to college right now, I was just wondering, what was your guys' college experience like, and could you possibly give any advice for people like me who are in college? Maybe you could also tell a funny story about something that happened in college. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a great question. You know, there's there's no hard, fast rule as to how to go about college. Um my experience, uh, honestly, was that I, I did really well in college. I, 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 was, uh, I graduated summa cum laude, which is like you know 4.0 GPA. I did really well. My secret was that I did not miss class. I didn't necessarily like, read all the textbooks and uh, you know, all that. I didn't read all the chapters I was assigned, but I never missed class, and that's the key. I went to class every day or every time. And I took really good notes. And I was lucky enough that my professors pretty much all exclusively tested out of the notes rather than the book. So, you know, you never really know what you're going to get in terms of professors. But 
generally my experience was that it's more important to take really good notes and listen during class than it is to go home and read all these chapters of a textbook. So my my personal advice is to go to class. Don't skip class. Don't sleep in just to say, ah, oh, screw it. I'll go to class next time. Do the work. Go to class. Take really good notes. And hopefully, if your professors are anything like mine, either that means you won't have to worry so much about you know spending hours upon hours outside of class reading these boring-ass textbooks. So that's really my main <laughs> uh, piece of advice. Also, get involved. Like, my mistake during college was not joining clubs, joining whatever, being more involved in campus life. Like I just kind of isolated myself and just went to class and went back to my dorm or went home and that was it and did my homework. But get involved, like find out what other people are doing, join clubs, whatever. But, you know, do it while you're there because once you leave college, that opportunity has gone. So those are my two pieces of old man advice for someone who's in college right now. (laughs) Man, I was not expecting a sensible advice like that. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think because I did so well in college and I know exactly why I did, I, I feel prepared to, like, give that kind of advice. But, yeah. See, I was – I guess in college I was kind of a slacker, I guess. <laughs> nice. The thing, the thing is, I went when I went to college, I went, originally went for English education. And so I had all these, like, you know, just going for different things and stuff I wasn't – fully interested in because the whole idea behind English education was I wanted to be a writer. Well, I can't make a life. I can't uh, exactly get a uh, job right out of college being a writer. So let's be let's be a uh, uh, English teacher. That way I have the summers off so I can pursue that career. At least that was the whole thought process behind that. And then I ended up hating the teaching aspects of it. But I agree with – the big thing Ash, with Ash I agree with is um, get out there because I did not do that as well and I had a very limited pool of friends and I literally talked to maybe two people from college anymore. There was yeah. just I just don't talk to them anymore. I don't have that thing. But I also went to a college that is a state school and is – out in the middle of nowhere when the two biggest attractions of your college town is the Walmart and a Dunkin' Donuts, oh, you're in trouble. <laughs> so exa- I didn't exactly have a huge um, social life there. My, my, my friend group ended up being the potheads. So nice. there you go. Um, but uh, I can't I, – I, I would agree with Ash about how um, – you know, going to class would definitely help because I didn't do bad in college. I, I stayed above a 3.0. Uh, I got all my stuff done. I was just a bit of a, uh, you know, I didn't get everything done right away. I would procrastinate, which everybody does in college, I feel. So learn how. Uh, mu- uh, except how- for Ash, apparently. Yeah, apparently well, he's Mr. a good two shoes. Over that's there. the thing, though, is I actually don't feel like I did try that hard in college. And that's my secret is like, I never. I actually stopped buying textbooks. Stealth bragging. At, no, like, yeah. no, after my... After Humble, my brag. Uh, Humble brag. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, after my freshman year, though, I didn't buy a single textbook because I was like, what's the point? They're a waste of money, and my professors test out of the notes. Now, I got lucky. See, mine did not do that. But I also took really good notes. So it's you can also go on sites like... I don't know if rachelprofessors.com is still a thing, but there are other sites where you can go see what people who've already taken a class with your professor think and kind of give tips on how they actually test. So there are mm-hmm. resources you can use to make your college experience a little easier in terms of what to expect from each professor. I like the idea of actually doing research into what research you want. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. But you know what? It can uh, pay off. 
Oh, absolutely. But, no, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, now, I don't have you know the kind of advice that Ash has, but I do have two funny stories I can do. It's both both kind of short. Um, as far as like, I for some reason I had a hell, hell of a time waking up in the morning. I'm just not a morning person. I would always stay up until like two, three o'clock in the morning. Preach, brother, and then get up and I have and I'd have like a seven a.m. class. And the one time that happened, what uh, that happened, I, I woke up for the alarm. Like, all right, let's go up and get in class. Got out, uh, went to the showers, got my shower, came back, and I looked at the clock. I was like. The hell? It's eight o'clock already. How is that possible? And uh, here, what happened is when I went to the shower, I fell asleep in the shower That's awesome. for an hour, standing up and wow. missed class completely because of that. Are you a horse? Apparently, I, I have no idea how I didn't hurt myself. So that's my being too tired to go to class story. Oh well, I went back to bed. <laughs> so, so that's all I missed it. Uh, and the other story is that the first, the one and only time I went to a frat party. I was introduced to something called Jungle Juice. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you two have... Jungle Juice. Yeah. yeah. I think every college yeah, has jungle that. Ju- oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. I've never heard it before because I'm not exactly a huge drinker. And uh, so I went there and was like, here, try this <laughs> Try this Jungle Juice. I'm like, all right. Well, I got, got one of those red Solo cups, tried it. I was like, oh, this tastes like Kool-Aid. I like Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I swear to God, I went through six Solo cups worth of of uh, oh, oh yeah, jungle juice. I was gone. Oh yeah, you were. I somehow made it back to the dorm room, my dorm, and I was sick as a dog the entire next day. But so yeah, I, I was. <laughs> I got totally drunk off jungle juice because I just did not know what it was. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the mistake you only make once, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have kind of a similar college story where um, I had one party I went to. Um, at another school at USC. I didn't go to USC, but I went to a party there. And uh, I just, I, I ended up sharing a whole like jug of wine with a group of people <laughs> and, and later on this one girl. And, and I ended up making some pretty questionable decisions that night. I won't go into the details. But... <laughs> the going into the details. Well, I, it just, it, it, I, I didn't want to sound That's like I was bragging. It just ended up being a one-night stand. I didn't want it to sound like I was like bragging. But I made some questionable decisions that night. But I actually, I, I had one, it was during the same semester where I had a Saturday morning class. And the reason I had a Saturday morning class was because it was one of the most efficient ways for me to get the units I needed to grad, like graduate as soon as possible. So I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll deal with it. Saturday sucks, but I'll do one semester of the Saturday morning class. And that happened to be a Friday night party. So I had never once missed a Saturday morning class amazingly because I'm not a morning person either. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this was the night where I had all that wine, made some questionable decisions. I woke up like an hour into this three-hour class, and I had to drive there. And I'm like, well, I haven't showered, but you know what? Just do it. And so I, I obviously wandered into this class like an hour and a half late. My hair was all messed up. I was still wearing my cl- my clothes from the, from the night before. I was obviously had been out partying and just overslept. And and the, and it was, it was great. And the, the teacher didn't say the professor didn't say anything. She was all she was awesome. I was really lucky. So I, I wandered in. You know, took my notes, did did what I could. And after class, she's like, "So what'd you do last night?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, party." And she's like, "Hey, you know, we all get one. We all get more than one. But don't even worry about it. I'm actually impressed that you came because if." If it was me, I just would have kept sleeping and said, screw it. I'm like, no, I want to do do all the work I can. She's like, well, I'm really impressed that you came. Now go get some rest and sleep it off. <laughs> she, was, she was really cool about it. But, uh, but yeah, that was a pretty good, pretty good story. Yeah. Well, what about you, Andre? What's your college life like? Uh, I didn't go to college. Oh, okay. Well, that was short. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What made you decide not to go to college, I guess, is the big idea. I mean, well, so I actually was in a uh, – I was going to a community college just to get my uh, base requirements before 
eventually possibly going to a four year. But then I got hired at IGN. I'm like, okay, well, screw that. That's what I wanted to do anyway at the <laughs> yeah. time. Um, but I mean, I was never, I don't know, I was ever really the college type anyway. I've always been kind of like anti establishment in the most passive of senses <laughs> and I'm not actively <laughs> anti establishment. But, uh-huh. you know, like, I, I don't know. I've always gone to the beat of a different drum, which is why I'm doing my own, you know, which is why I started Game Explain. I'm doing my own thing. I've always, you know, I've had it. I've been doing my own thing since 14, basically. Um, you know, I was doing my own website back then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, you know, my experience has been that my lack of college education has not hindered me at all, at least in the field, you know, I wanted to get in, which was, you know, writing for games. Yeah. Um, and then doing more beyond that. So, I don't know. I So I think my perspective is a little bit different in that not having that has not held me back in any way. And I do think a lot, you know, while college is good for some people, I think, uh, a lot of people go to college when it's not even necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas they may be better off, you know, doing something along the lines of I did, of what I was doing, which is basically teaching myself how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, getting an early start in an industry you're interested in and getting that early work experience. Because once you reach, like, if you know what you want to do, once you have a threshold of work experience, you know, like, call, your education can, again, in my experience with the fields I worked in, can cease to matter. Yeah. So, yeah. like, for instance, GameSpot, they claim to require a college education if you, you know, meet the requirements otherwise, or especially if you network and know people, it doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. um, it just depends on what you want to do, uh, you know, the field you're getting into, and, you know, and what, you know, what you have accomplished. So, if you're not, if you're not the type to, if you don't know what you want to do, um, or if you have no idea for what you would do on your own time, like I did, or rather, uh, doing things like I did, mm-hmm. then college may be the best course for you. So, well, you've so all, you also had the advantage of not having to suffer through student debt, which is a huge problem. For well, that's yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why I think a lot of people get you know a lot of people don't need or you know a lot of people get into college that probably don't need it mm-hmm. because a lot of people do end up in jobs, especially that don't need the education, yet they're mm-hmm. saddled with this yeah. massive debt. Um, it was especially like right now. I think the college industry is completely messed up in the states. Oh, it totally, oh, it totally is because when I got yeah. out, when I got out of college, everything I heard is that despite having that degree, was you need more experience. We need yeah. more experience. Yeah. How am I going to get that experience if you don't hire me? It's a catch twenty two, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly, yeah, you can't get that experience without being hired. And, and so I think finding ways to get that experience and networking, networking, networking ne- is networking, your best way. Networking absolutely is almost without question the most important thing you can do. It really is <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny how, like, you know, with the emphasis, you know, this, you know, the emphasis on college education now, it's actually devalued a lot of those degrees. So a lot of people are coming out of school, but there's now this increased competition with people who have the same thing you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it almost it undermines the whole concept of going to school in the in the first place, almost, which was which was to give you a leg up. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. So I think it's in a weird place in the states right now um, with people with. Paying a massive amounts of money for a piece of paper that may not help them that much ultimately. Yeah, like so. I kind of use my degree; it's an English lit degree, and like I write scripts. But I knew how to do that before college, so man. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's still the merit of you know learning. I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just you know some things you can teach yourself as well. It just depends on the personality type. For me, yeah. 
Um, you know, I don't know how. I don't know if it would have worked for me. Maybe it would have. I have no idea. I just, I just knew that the thing I wanted to do, the opportunity presented itself to me before I finished college. I'm like, all right, I'm doing that. So, <laughs> well, I, I'll say this: it, it is very. It's not a linear experience at all. You can never know just how much your degree is going to help you. I got a journalism degree, and I can say that it's helped me to a de- to a degree. Uh, uh, to a point. Um, you know, I don't think I would have gotten my initial job at Nickelodeon had I not had a degree. I think, I think they really do require that unless you're going to intern, uh, and I. Did didn't intern I got in straight up just as a as a new hire and I think part of that was due to my my college degree and I'll say this about college like yeah I learned journalism skills and that's cool and I hope I use them more you know later on sure but college did teach me and I think that uh, the to agree it teaches people just how to live how to how to be self-sufficient and how to be responsible for people who might otherwise not be and I've always been a pretty responsible guy but I I definitely am happy I went to college just because I, it, it definitely just kind of gets you used to dealing with your own stuff and juggling and a lot of And dealing with people who don't know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people, a lot of peers in college who you will be shocked at. Like in my, journal, my, my upper-level journalism classes, we had people reading and writing at seriously a fourth-grade level, and it drove me oh. nuts. It just drove me crazy. And it really does teach you how to deal with other people, how to you know, rely on yourself, I think it's a good experience, but but as Andre said, it's not for everybody, and I don't think you should feel, you know, I don't think you should feel demeaned or bad about yourself if you don't go to college. There are certain uh, uh, advantages not going to college, as Andre just pointed out. So, not for everyone, but I'm glad I did it, and uh, that's my advice. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's totally fair. I'm not sure, like I'm not sure I see much of a distinction though between. Um you know, learning about the world from going to college versus just moving out and getting an actual job. Sure, point. it's There's true. I mean, it's 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 two sides of the same coin for sure. Yeah, I, I almost feel like uh, for some people. I mean, again, it depends on the personality. But for some people, like you just feel they treat it like an extended vacation college. Oh yeah, and they just move back home afterward. Totally, and, <laughs> and they never grow up. Well, yeah, like, I've known several. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I think if you use college the wrong way, it can be that. I mean, I'll yeah. say the four I'm, years I had spent in college. I wish I had spent longer because you think while you're going through it that, oh, I have to do all this homework and these tests and it's so hard. It's not hard. You're, you're having the time of your life. And, and, and that's, and that's yeah. maybe my last piece of advice is enjoy it because once you leave college, yeah. you're in the real world and the real world can suck. It's, it's also a lot of fun. <laughs> don't be wrong. It can be great, but it can also suck. So don't be in such a rush to get through college and graduate that you don't appreciate the experience because I appreciate it, but I really wish I'd appreciate it even more because it's, college yeah. is great. But it's but oh, yeah. I mean that's the case for everything in hindsight. True. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. You, you usually don't appreciate things until you're beyond. I, I can't it. wait to grow up. Yeah. I don't want to be a kid anymore. God, I watch. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a kid bad. again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I guess uh, on a lighter side, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> for my topic, uh, I chose one from A Link Between Times, which Andre's going to have a lot to talk about with this one. <laughs> Uh, he says, uh, I feel that this is a topical question due to the recent Final Fantasy XV uncovered. What is your favorite Final Fantasy game? What is your least favorite Final Fantasy game? And which installment in the series would you su- suggest a beginner to start with? So, Andre, I think it's only appropriate to start with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one, this one, I mean, this is actually really easy for me, but it has to be the only one I really full- played through, and that was Final Fantasy VI, of course, mm-hmm. uh, which I did have fun with back in the day. You know, I, I, I to be fair, I haven't played in a long time, so I, I've forgotten a lot about it, but I do remember that was probably my first real RPG. Um, yeah, I think I think like my first true like turn-based RPG, and I enjoyed it, so I just never uh, really kept up with the series much beyond that. Uh, partially because, or if only because, 
I had a 64 growing up at that point, whereas PlayStation, you know, uh, yeah. Made a PlayStation. So yeah, so there's not really an opportunity to play really any RPG on the on the 64. Yeah, not so yeah. much. Yeah, it's weird how Super Nintendo went. You know, Nintendo went from having the RPG system largely to not having it at all with the 64. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Ash? Um, okay, well, my favorite game in the series is 10. Um, I've played pretty much all of them. I started with six. That was my first Final Fantasy game. Still love it. And I would actually say that probably is the best installment to start with because six is kind of a very polished kind of summation of everything that classic Final Fantasy is about. Four is good, but it hasn't aged as well as six. I think five is kind of like a slow burn and it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's it's kind of difficult to enjoy if you're really into the story because the story's not very good. Six has it all. It has great gameplay, <laughs> a great story, a fantastic ensemble cast of characters, an amazing soundtrack, possibly the series' best, um, a great villain. I mean, Six really does have it all, and it is the, the uh, I think, the ideal summation of everything that makes classic Final Fantasy Final Fantasy. So I say start with Six. Personally, Ten is my favorite. I kind of like the... I love the world. I know we've talked about this before, too. Um, I love Spear of the World. I love the characters. I like the story a lot. And I really like the linear kind of experience. The The story is really punctuated because you're really going from point A to point B to point C. There, there's room for exploration, but not as much, and it is more of a linear experience. And the turn-based battle system is fantastic. I love 10. Uh, so that would be my favorite. Least favorite? This is going to be an unpopular opinion, but 12. <laughs> I don't like 12 at all. Um... You know, I it felt more like a massively multiplayer offline RPG to me, and I'm not really into MMOs or Western RPGs in general. And 12 just felt like it was trying to really capture that Western kind of Skyrim-esque gameplay, and I just I didn't like the characters in 12 other than, like, Balthier. I could take or leave 12, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> so those are my, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, those are yours. Yeah. Um, I've played most Final Fantasies. Uh, six is one I've not played, honestly. I've uh, that's one I've just been meaning to get to at some point, and I will. I will. I promise that. Yeah. Um, but uh, my first Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, like a lot of people, I had a friend that just gave it to me and was like, "Play this," and I immediately got hooked. And I, I've told this story before, so I'm not going to go into it. Um, so yeah, I started out with seven and just became addicted to the series. After that, I, I Square Enix in general, I just grabbed everything I could uh, and played it played it to death. Um, however, unlike Ash, I actually would suggest four as a good place to start as a beginner. Seven, six. I think you can't go wrong with four, six, or seven. Yeah, because um, they each have their own unique entry points, but I think four works the best because it's also the simplest. It's the most refined and gives you the best idea of what Final Fantasy will become. But it's also very simple. You got very basic characters. You got a very uh, simple plot that's still intriguing in its own sure. ways, and they they take you from character to character, and you learn these characters uh, gradually and uh, get an idea for how the system's going to work. And I don't, you know, I won't call it the best or anything like that, but I do think it serves as a great starting point. But again, four, six, or seven, any of them are great ways to start. Um, my favorite, per- my personal favorite is nine, because I think that is the perfect combination of classic Final Fantasy and, at the time, modern Final Fantasy. I agree. It just hit all those right no- all those right notes, love the characters, love the world, it, uh, I, I, the battle system was fantastic to me, and I just became so addicted to it. I really hope that with nine coming to Steam, it also gets a release on uh, PS4, like Final Fantasy VII did. Yeah, and that would be amazing. Uh, my least favorite, 
I didn't couldn't get into twelve or eight, but whenever whenever I think least favorite Final Fantasy, it's always eight for me. Sure. I I I just the draw system killed it for me. It just that is the best example. Is some we had another topic uh, somebody suggested was which is more important, uh, story or gameplay, and I, in that case, it ended up being gameplay because I hated the gameplay mm-hmm. so much I could not get into it, and it just killed the rest of it for me. Which is kind of a shame and, too, because I still would say that even beyond six, eight. In my opinion, has the best soundtrack in the series. As, as oh, it has a fantastic. There is so much yeah. going on, going well for Final Fantasy VIII. If it wasn't for that damn battle system, yeah, and having to draw spells and then assign yeah. spells, which means you can't use those spells because then your stats decrease. Exactly, that's stupid. So, it, it just has so many issues. Twelve, I can sort of get what they're doing. Thirteen, it's sort of like a non-entity to me. You know, it's just sort of there. Um, it doesn't piss me off or anything eight actively pisses me off right 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 (laughs) so well i will say that i agree with you that four five and seven you can't choose wrong in terms of any one of them any one of those is a great starting point i almost wanted to say nine was a good starting point until i remembered how awfully slow the battles can be um Mm -hmm. and i think the battle system itself is great mechanically but it's just so slow and i don't think that's a good first experience with final fantasy yeah and i think i think steam will fix that as well yeah um i I will say this if uh what i did with uh, my wife actually she wanted to try final fantasy she asked me what would be a good starting point and i I picked six because of all the reasons i already talked about but also because it's one of the only co-op final fantasies you can actually go into the Mm -hmm. the options menu and you can select like you know you have a four character party you can assign individual characters to controller one or two so in that way you yeah, can you actually can do the play same thing together. in nine as well yeah you can do it in nine so that if you have a friend who wants to get into final fantasy it's so fun like my wife and i had a great time going through the game together and i i loved seeing her experience all these things that i did as a kid like kefka and all the things he does and it, it's a lot of fun it's, it's a really fun way to play through a final fantasy game so mm-hmm. i have to definitely uh recommend that and i know derek you said 13 is not entity to you i love 13 so Please, if you have any uh, any interest in playing Final Fantasy at all, and you try thirteen, don't just believe what everyone says on the internet. It's a terrible game. It's not. It's a good game. So it's a lackluster game. Ah, uh, see, no, that <laughs> don't listen to this guy. Don't listen to Derek. Lackluster. Yeah. No, it's. I, no. I mean, I'm not going to say it's terrible. Yeah. It's just, it, it, it is. It's, it's a very. Lackluster. It's a very. Um, I could see. I can see why people. The people who don't like it. I can see why. It's a very, and, very acquired taste for sure. And, and you know, I, I agree with you. Final Fantasy Thirteen Two is a good game. I actually really enjoy it is. that one. It so, is. Yeah. But so that's not just me hating on Thirteen, the series in general. Sure, but sure. Thir- the original is just lackluster to me, and I, I couldn't get into Lightning Returns at all. But Thirteen yeah. Two, good stuff. It is. Yeah, and and Thirteen's definitely. I, I recommend trying it only because it is so divisive. Like you may hate it, but you may like it. You know, it, it it's interesting. Not as your first. Not as your first. Not as your first. Not as your first one. <laughs> definitely. <do>. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. But. That's it. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah, that's pretty much everything. I, I could talk about Final Fantasy forever, but I can't, so we should go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that wraps up here. So thanks for watching, guys. And, of course, keep it on Game Explain for more on Final Fantasy, I'm sure, because these guys have plenty to say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and other things gaming as well. All right, catch you guys later. Bye. <laughs>